0: Alright, let's see who we're gonna get. So we're now watching the live draw as the balls are being drawn by none other than Gary Mabber, the last man to lift the FA Cup for us, as you all very well know. We're waiting for numbers seven and, of course, number twelve. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> we can but hope. Dave, would you take Spurs' leeds if it meant that you were drawn away from home yet again? No. I just want a home game that means more to you than an El Davico cup clash I just want a home game okay no chance so Spurs are number 7 Leeds are number 12 that's all we need to know here we go Uh, I could see 12 she hasn't picked out you can see 12 this is a rig the heated ball (laughs) they need to bring back Rod Stewart for these really if you ask me Chelsea oh Chelsea Villa. Oh, that's a good draw. We'll have that. Chelsea and Villa. Take one of those out of the mix. Liverpool. Oh, no thank you. This is definitely Leeds. This has 12 rental over it. (sighs) Thank you. Liverpool gone. Obviously, Liverpool get an easy home draw. Okay, which big boys are still in there? Man City. We don't really want Newcastle Newcastle. if we can help it. Brighton's not great. Oh, home draw. home. Home draw. Here it is, number 12. This is what we've been waiting for. Give us that 12, Gary. Ooh. oh round. Oh god, it's brutal. Manchester City. Oh, it's Good. an epic. It's an epic. Tottenham, Manchester City. That is an automatic bias to the next round. I mean, they lost the biggest game in their history to us in 1981. So they've lost pretty much every game since. There we go. Oh, it's twelve. Is that a home draw? You're at home. Leeds are at home. Dave's at home. Scandalous. Number twenty, please. And they're going to be playing number six nine Plymouth, Plymouth oh. Argyle that is a lovely draw Dave your thoughts Leads Tottenham in the fifth round there you go Elio you could have been better it's alright it's worse for them than it is for us and if we win it we're going to be sitting here thinking our name is on that cup
1: Tottenham away is a harder game than Manchester City at
0: home <laughs> exactly Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast. We are, of course, the Tottenham Hospital themed show that's brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. When you win, you're a genius. When you lose... You're a nonce, yes? So it's to say that we are, of course, all geniuses in the house this week because we have all won. We have all seen our teams go through to the fourth round of the FA Cup and you will have just heard our live reactions to that draw. Spurs a drawn Man City at home, which, of course, is an automatic buy to the next round. I actually say nonce. Nonce, yeah. Does He mean nonce. Did he mean a different word? In he- Australia, and to be fair, in England, for a long time, nonce just meant like you silly sausage kind of thing like just you know you
1: yeah i only learned that it meant that in the last couple
0: of years yeah anyway (laughs) let's get on with it let's try it take two take two action (laughs) Dave is delighted because he has had a home draw for Leeds for the first time in about 300 years which is fantastic news for them with Plymouth and Dave and Elio join me today there's no Socrates today he's taking the week off sadly but uh, hopefully there's plenty of us to get through what will be a very eventful episode two games to talk about now the Bournemouth win the Burnley win in the cup and of course a couple of upcoming fixtures that Man City game and our next league match lots of transfer activity lots of stuff going on Dave Elio welcome back for another episode Dave a home draw in the cup lovely news
2: thrilled thrilled all i really wanted was a home draw um it's a bit of a meh draw to be honest against plymouth but whatever and yeah good start to yeah. 2024 we're in the championship so we've got more games than you we've already played eight games and we've won them all so we're all good
0: now uh two games on the bounce which is good and we're going in the right direction as are you guys and as i was saying earlier you sailed through your third round tie thanks to the second best goal of the round by patrick bamford narrowly following pedro porro's wonder strike right we can talk about this later <laughs> And once again, you are not even dignifying me with any kind of a response. Anyhow, welcome back for another week. Have you missed Spurs? Have you missed the Plus Dave podcast? How are you finding your Spurs supporting experience at the moment?
1: I have missed the Plus Dave podcast. It feels like it's been a little while since we did one of these bad boys. So so very, very happy to be doing this tonight we haven't missed spurs as much as i have over like the international breaks and stuff like that just because football hasn't been at the same level as it was early season but we are now grinding out victories so yeah. i am still happy but i also um kind of now just looking forward to when we have a fully fit complement or a good chunk of that completely back now nice Christmas present in Benton Core coming back a month earlier than expected the event seems mm. to be about to return let's get Madison on the pitch now as well and try and not hurt any of them again anytime soon and
0: that <laughs> will be when I start pining for Spurs at the moment a final whistle goes at this point I think I'll just take an 80% fit team I feel like I'm so used to having half of our team out that anything will be an improvement but yeah you're right hopefully we can start to see something approaching our first choice pretty soon while we're here we've just seen the draw Spurs Man City at home initial thoughts
1: I mean it's obviously a really hard game and like I said Spurs away is a harder game than Manchester City at home so I think I fancy us obviously I'd say that it's interesting we played a team that we beat in a final in the last round We're playing a team that we've beaten in the FA Cup final in the next round. QPR are out, but we've won eight FA Cups. There aren't eight rounds for us to play with, but who knows? Maybe we win the FA Cup by going on a great run now and beating Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United. They're the first one we beat, in case you didn't know, and go all the way to the final, lifting it at the very death against Chelsea.
0: Perfect. Wouldn't that just be beautiful?
1: Wouldn't that be the best way to break a 32-year duck? going all the way to the final and winning just beating teams you'd beaten previously <laughs>
0: that, that would be pretty spectacular especially if the winning goal came from Timo Werner in the final against Chelsea of course oh. we'll, uh, we'll get on to him in a moment in fact let's get on to him right now because that's the story of the moment we've got a couple of games to get back on but let's get right into transfer activity we have signed on loan with an option to buy an option I should stress for a relatively low fee Timo Werner formerly of Chelsea of course and I think it caught everyone completely off guard it came almost entirely out of left field what are your thoughts on signing Timo Werner radio
1: if you'd asked me this under any of the previous three managers i'd have been skeptical in fact any of the previous four because let's face it pochettino didn't necessarily get what he asked for he kind of got what he was given a lot of the time but with postocoglu it does feel different we're making a signing early on as well despite the fact that we're relatively well stocked in that part of the pitch still we're making a signing of a very high profile player and we're making a signing of someone who we've seen not do it in the Premier League and I don't think he's had an unbelievable time back in Germany, but a player that very much fits the profile of what we've seen Spurs doing so far this season, which is getting the ball into wingers quickly, getting them in behind, getting balls into the box, using pace, using skill. And Werner mm. does fit that profile. And I guess I look at him and I ask myself the question, even if he isn't quite good enough for our first team, would I rather see him coming off the bench than Mano Solomon? At this point, yes. Would I rather yeah. see him coming off the bench than Brennan Johnson or starting instead of Brennan Johnson? At this point, yes. Would I mm. rather see him coming off ahead of Brian Hill? Absolutely. Would I yeah. prefer him in the side to Richarlison? That one's a bit tighter, but there's an argument yeah. in favour of that. He comes in; he's very mm-hmm. feasibly our third or fourth best attacker, which means our squad has improved. Which means we yeah. don't wet ourselves every time Son gets hurt in the second half of the season. Every time Richardson has a couple of games on the spin without a goal. Every time Koleszewski is yeah. exhausted, it beefs us up. It gives us options that the manager trusts. And if you remember, early season James Madison and Son were coming off in the 60th minute every single game because of the pressing they were doing since madison and a whole lot of other players have been injured son hasn't been coming off on the 60th minute every single game and as a result he's begun to look knackered same with mm. so it's one signing that improves a lot of things in one go and because it's on loan with an option to buy as you mentioned it's it's low risk kind of no lose for us because at yeah. the very worst our squad has improved for the rest of the season but not quite good enough to keep him afterwards but at best, he's a roaring success. And we go buy him for a bargain basement price at the age of 28. I mean, yeah. there, there's no downsides.
0: It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not exactly groundbreaking news, but it's one of those where if this had happened in the last couple of days of the window or on deadline day. We'd probably be sitting here thinking, actually, yeah, that's quite exciting. But it's taken a bit of time to digest because I think it's easy to think about all those misses at Chelsea and all the comical highlight reels of him missing open goals and skying it. But... His numbers aren't actually terrible, all things considered. I mean, across his career. But even at Chelsea, the couple of years he was there, they weren't that bad in terms of his goal
1: contribution. Chelsea for Leipzig, he had seasons where he scored oh, he over 20 goals, over 30 goals in the league alone. He, he was. And Liverpool yeah. wanted to sign him to play for Klopp. And we know what kind of an attacker Klopp likes. So I genuinely am not worried about him stylistically. He already knows the league hopefully the goal scoring improves what i'll say is the other day in our fa cup game Richardson was put through in very similar fashion twice And Mm -hmm. he scuffed both shots with his weaker foot. And that was a combination of, one, not being that good on his weaker foot, and two, not getting away from the defender quite quickly enough to be able to compose himself for the shots. Timo Werner, you don't have either of those issues, so he probably has a better chance of scoring in both those situations. And this isn't me saying, I think he's going to come in and play ahead of Richarlison. At first, he'll probably play on the left wing while Son's at the Asia Cup, and then we see who's on form when everyone's back. But I thought to myself, Werner on the pitch are we more likely to score those chances and get a lead earlier and be more comfortable against Burnley and not need a wonder goal almost definitely
0: yeah I think he's definitely more of a fit on paper, more of a profile fit for that left side than Richarlison is. I think it's safe to say. I think he ticks a lot of the boxes. The only real problem is that, on the evidence of him in the Premier League, he's not a very good finisher. But then, a lot of forwards at the moment in the Premier League aren't great finishers. But he's very good at everything else. He's good at taking people on. He's very quick. His movement's good. He's a good presser. So he'd do a lot for us in that regard. I guess there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? You can think of what he was like at Chelsea and think, oh, he's obviously proven already that he's not going to do it in the Premier League. Or you can think, Chelsea have actually got previous with several players who have just come in off the back of doing really well in Europe and absolutely bombed there and you know Mm. one of them's Nicholas Jackson at the moment you could say who's not really living up to the hype he was in before obviously there's a lot made about Salah and De Bruyne and yeah let's let's hope that we can see something like that that would be nice. Werner did start a Champions League winning final for Chelsea didn't he? He, he was quite instrumental, from what well, I understand, in that campaign. And his numbers aren't too terrible. I don't have anything to hand. But he's kind of a goal-return-every-other-game kind of guy, on average. Which is not bad, especially if for someone that you're going to have playing mainly off the wing and not being a primary goal scorer. But who knows? Maybe um, Andrew can get something into him. Dave, what do you think of Timo Werner? Other than, I imagine, probably being a key component of your epic RB Leipzig save on your football manager campaign.
2: What could have been? What could have yeah. been on that, on that Leipzig save? So, um, <laughs> um, unfortunately, on... FM 19, for all you uh, seasoned football manager veterans, mm. you will know that when you take charge of Leipzig, Timo Werner is on a contract that you cannot renegotiate because he's paid too oh, much really? in the first place. Oh, and he's okay. got a minimum fee release clause of 40 million euros. So basically, in my preseason, started the game with him and Paulson up front. In my preseason, I think he got something along the lines of 15 goals in three <laughs> games. And then in the Bundesliga, in the cup, I think he got three hat tricks in his first in his first three games, and yeah. then Bayern bid forty million euros for him because obviously they would. That's what uh, they so, did. Yeah. So yeah, so what could have been, to be honest, they Bayern went, then went on to ruin his career because Lewandowski kept his place in the team. So I'm not bitter, <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it makes a lot of sense. Apart from this lingering doubt in my head, which is basically where's the poop. Now, where's, where's the <laughs> issue here? Because he is... The
0: poop was at Chelsea. He's a, No, but he's a Leipzig legend. Why is he moving? Why are they letting Apparently, him Apparently, he wants to play in the Premier League and he wants to get himself in contention. Well, I don't think he's even playing that regularly, is he? Exactly. he's got some injury issues. Exactly.
2: I mean, he's behind an ageing Paulson. He's behind a yeah. pender. And I think he's probably behind Sesco as well. So
0: mm.
2: why is he behind Sesco? Why is he yeah. behind a pender? That's my only question. But maybe he's just... Quite frankly, could it could be just, you know, he's gone back, he's been there, done yeah. it. Maybe he just doesn't have the fire, and maybe he does see the Premier League as the real challenge that he really hasn't completed because technically he's probably, he's, he's kind of completed Leipzig. You know, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he's he's necessarily going to take them much further. You know, he's, he's, yeah. I think he's the only player in their history to have scored 100 goals for them. So he's a legend and he's kind of done all he needs to do there. And maybe he just wants to get some. You know, challenge himself in the Premier League. Yeah, get some minutes in time for the European Championships in June, which mm. is in Germany. So that's a big deal. So, so yeah, I, I I think as long as there isn't some poop that we're not being told about that's smelling <laughs> out the back of the back of the changing rooms, then I think it makes sense for you guys. I agree with what Elliot said about you know if any of your older managers would have got him it'd have been a bigger question mark than it is now I think mm. I think
0: and just certainly got more of a uh, I just don't think Levy wants to mess with him to be honest it does seem finally it does seem that way I mean we'll talk about maybe in a minute and ongoing negotiations on the, the entire
1: Bournemouth bench the other day yeah. <laughs> he, he, may, he may be a yeah. clever friend. he may giant, be a calm but... man but yeah don't piss him off
0: yeah I, I wouldn't get on his wrong side definitely now I'm with you Elio I'm very much of the school of until I have significant reason to think otherwise I am trusting any person that Ange Postacoglu deems an improvement to the squad and to the first team I, I have faith in him there's a tweet that I think pretty much sums that up and, and how I feel from Mike G. Nolan on Twitter says fingers crossed the Werner is as unsuited to Angeball as Poro and Udogi were last summer and as bad a <laughs> signing as Vicario was going to be so yeah, that's what you need to know precisely it? so. and
1: it's not just about trusting the player here; it's about trusting what the manager can do with them what he can coach out of the what he can adapt him to in the system, and that's the important part. We trust Postacogli and we. Have faith in his ability to coach the best out of someone and put tactics together that get the best out of someone. So, as long as we trust him, we're all good.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, another man that he sees forming a key part of his team going forward is Radu Dragoshin, I think is how it's pronounced, who uh, we talked about last week or last time we recorded the Romanian centre back, who I've since learned is not only actually quite good at passing, he's also excellent at solving Rubik's Cubes. Did you see that video? He he solved a Rubik's Cube At a press conference Or something Which is absolutely bizarre I
2: only just watched The highlights Dags You didn't go beyond that
0: And look at the extra videos I don't go into The second tier Of
2: Tottenham videos And watch Potential signings Complete Rubik's Cubes Unfortunately
0: He is the complete package (laughs) Tall good looking Dothraki warrior With a genius intellect And uh, the ability To pass the ball So I'm very excited Although we don't know episodes
1: running You comment on the guy's looks Since when was being pretty Or attractive what you want out of a centre-back. Uh, yeah, since when,
0: you say? But I, I want
1: someone with a nose facing six different directions and thinning <laughs> hairline, teeth missing, and breath that smells yes. like three-week-old leftover curry.
0: <laughs> We've got very pretty centre-backs, though. and they do You've always got attractive centre-backs. Bit of Johnny Wood gear, <laughs> bit of um, Ian Vertonghen, heartthrobs. Mickey van der Ven is the poster boy. It looks like the quarterback from every teen movie in the last 20 years. And yeah, he's doing all right. He's tough enough. Uh, But no, Dragushin is an interesting one. I think the latest is the usual story, which is obviously getting the purple and yellow brigade out with their pitchforks. that Levy won't pay the extra five million, apparently. Who knows what to believe, but it's close. The the personal terms are agreed with him. The fee is still up in the air, but it's sounding like it's getting there. There were some rumors of Bayern Munich coming in for him at the last minute, which is obviously not nice to hear, but it's
1: in a room about every single player we've gone for for at yeah. least 15 years. There's always a Bayern in link to any player Spurs go for. I don't know why Bayern might be some kind of England-Germany thing or just bitterness over them getting Klinsmann off us, thinking they'd done us and not really liking him <laughs> at the end of the day. Who knows? But <laughs> Bayern seem to be linked with every player we ever yeah. go for. It's how Liverpool believe that we use their scouts to then make signings that they decide against. I think that's what Bayern do with
0: us. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Hang on a second, I- need to polish my tinfoil hat. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd do that before every episode earlier. We also had a couple of players return from loan. We had Dane Scarlett come back and obviously he had a a few minutes in the cup and your boy Jed Spence Day, which uh, is under a bit of a cloud. The report's coming out that his attitude is the issue and that it was Leeds that decided to terminate that loan. Do you know much about that? Have you got any thoughts? Uh, So I I listened to uh,
2: Daniel Farker's press conference. He was asked about it and he said... I don't want to go into it. He's not our player anymore, I, but that's that. And then, yeah, and then basically you you know, it? somebody doubled down and said, no, 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 come on, <laughs> tell us what's going on. Because, you know, we've been screaming out to buy another fullback and you've just sent a fullback away. And basically it was a very much a, he didn't want to say anything, but if you read between the lines, yeah. you can quite clearly see that it was nothing against his skills, nothing mm. against his capability and his potential, but a lot against his... Be it integrated within the rest of the team, because apparently he did have... I I wasn't aware of this, but he had some family issues um, back when, when he signed for us. So he was going back and forth from London to Leeds quite a lot which meant Mm. that he didn't really get a chance to integrate with the team at the start. And obviously, he only joined us relatively late in the transfer window as well. So the season was already underway. And then he was injured. He came on and got injured pretty much straight away. And then he was out for eight weeks. So I don't think those things were in his favor. But ultimately, he's been brought back to fitness. He's been integrated into the team. He started a couple of games. He's played a couple of games. Rumor is that he was pretty pissed off that he wasn't in the starting lineup for the Birmingham game. Um, And we just went, all right, you're not for us. See you later. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Spence intimated to Leeds that he would, he, you know, if you're not going to play me, then,
0: let, then send me back. And Leeds called the bluff and said, yeah, fine. Yeah, that, that certainly sounds a reason it could have been that. We'll see, we'll see. I don't expect we're going to see a huge amount of him in the near future, though. Uh, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. At the rate we're going with injuries, we might have no choice. But at the moment, I think he's training with the reserves or training with the youth team or something. So who knows? It is a shame going. because,
2: he, cause, you know, he's, he played a few games and I watched every single one of them. And he's composed. He's he's yeah. quite he's quite a bit of a beast, to be honest. He's quite he's, he's more built than I remember him being for when he was at Forest.
0: So Could he be cover for a doggy in that sort of box-to-box inverted he he should be he should be a cover for for either of your for
2: either of your inverted fullbacks he should be a cover but for some reason he's, he's not he's not in your plans and now he's not in our plans so
0: well he's still young a lot can change let's watch that space someone who is not quite so young who is going the other way or at least reports suggest that it's imminent is well for the second week running a bit of a unsung hero of our team who made several appearances played for us for many many seasons and is leaving perhaps with his best years behind him and having turned into a bit of a scapegoat is Eric Dyer, who Elio I know you've got a lot of kind words to say about Eric Dyer. I think we all agree as Spurs fans that it was time for him to go he's not suitable for this system and you know his days are were numbered for a while but it's sad what's become of the perception towards a player who was absolutely crucial in the Pochettino days for one and and has been a great servant to the club
1: there's just a very short term memory amongst not just our fan base all fan bases and I just, I mean, you've got Liverpool fans who have wanted Klopp out over the last couple of years because they didn't get Champions League last season, for instance. It's ridiculous. Eric Dyer scored the very first goal of the Pochettino era, a winning goal away to West Ham United, put through by none other than Harry Kane. He beautifully rounded a goalkeeper and slotted it in with his left foot. Uh, This was a more nimble, (laughs) quick Eric Dyer back then.
0: Yeah, not quite a sign of things to come.
1: No, but what was a sign of things to come was that he was a very brave, very determined and pretty skillful for a centre-back player. He may not have been Toby Alderweireld or Jan Vertonghen, but he Mm. had ability. He was very much a key part of Pochettino's team. He's the one that allowed Pochettino's team to play the way it did at its very best because he was the player that could sort of simultaneously play in the defence and midfield at the same time and have us switching constantly between sort of a 3-3-1 or 3-4-3 or whatever you want to say it was and uh, 4-2-3-1 within matches when he was paired with Dembele. For a while, we had the best midfields in the league. So, I mean, Mm. that could be anyone paired with Dembella. I know. But my point (laughs) being, he was a key contributor to a team that had its best finishes consistently in the league since the 60s. And that is far longer than any of our lifetimes in this room, thankfully. But... The fact that he gets decried based on what he's been like in the last few years, and he still had a couple of good seasons in that time, but yeah. he's also had a lot of very well-highlighted bad moments, but the fact that he's got decried to the level he has is just endemic of, a term you've heard me say many times, the rage babies that <laughs> seem to paint the narrative with their very loud yeah. voices in very small echo chambers. But, frankly don't listen to those dickheads. Just <laughs> grow up, wear your big girl pants and look at a player that's played a few hundred times for the most successful Spurs sides in terms of quality of football and league finishes of yeah. the majority of our lifetimes at this point. And yes, we didn't win trophies. That's down to a number of people, not Eric Dyer. But in the same way mm. that that's down to a number of people, not Harry Kane or Hugo yep. Lloris. But you can't really say anything bad about the guy's attitude, his determination, the way he put his body on the line. All you can say is he was very, very good for us until he wasn't. And when he wasn't, we moved yeah. on and he should have probably been told sooner. It's not his fault that he wasn't. And yeah. now that he's leaving, I'm hoping he'll be remembered as someone who gave far more for the club than a hell of a lot of players that got chance after chance from, once again, this very fickle fan base
0: yeah it's a bit like the situation with Hugo Lloris isn't it in that at the moment people remember the last year the last two years and that's fresh in their mind but hopefully as time goes on and history will remember the good performances but like you say it is not just the Pochettino days the last few years he's had a couple of seasons where he was actually very good I think under Conte when it was good under Conte he was a big part of that it's sad to see him go but I think it's the right time 274 appearances he made for Spurs which puts him in 28th on the most appearances ever
1: surely that's just in the league. He must have played more than that overall, no? Maybe I'm wrong.
0: I think I looked it up and it was overall and um, I noticed that it was more than Ledley King, which obviously downed (laughs) Ledley King's injuries in no small part and um, he who shall not be named at centre-back. And I think out of players who played predominantly at centre-back, I think only Gary Mabbott might have had more career appearances for Spurs than him so yeah I wouldn't go as far as saying legend necessarily I know that word gets thrown around but but definitely a player that deserves some respect that is just the league by the way it's 365 oh it in is total. oh there you go there you go oh it's been a while since you corrected me on a stat Elio. I feel like that's a bit of a plus day <laughs> tradition that, that has been lost in the ages I was about to say I saw a really funny tweet someone saying we should start a crowdfunding campaign to have the statue of Eric Dyer climbing mm-hmm. into the crowd to protect his brother in gold which I think yeah would be lovely moving on from Dyer, then that's pretty much it for transfer activity I don't know if there's anything else that I've missed off but we'll have more of that I'm sure next week we have had a couple of games Uh, let's start with the slightly less eventful game the Burnley third round FA Cup clash Played a stronger team this time, which was nice to see. Elio, is there really much to say about their game other than what a goal by Pedro Borro?
1: Not really. I mean, we completely lost possession. We camped in their half. We couldn't really find a way through. We had a couple of very good chances, which I think Richardson of the previous week would have taken, or the previous yeah. couple of weeks, but he dragged them wide. We're still playing with a lot of very tired players, a lot of walking wounded, a very ever-changing squad still. It was another new lineup, another new attack, another new midfield. And the fact that we struggled at home in an FA Cup tie, magic of the cup. Last time we played (laughs) Burnley, we beat the out of them. So they weren't going to come here and go toe-to-toe with us. And that was at their ground. So they put in a very low block. We were without Madison still, without Sarah for the first time in a good while. We didn't have Son either. Like that that's a lot of players that are key to our attack, not in our attack that day. So it mm-hmm. didn't click. Wonder Goal from Pedro Porro was wonderful to see. Sometimes it's worth seeing the Drew performance to be able to go ballistic at the Wonder Goal. I yeah. <laughs> don't know if we're counting it as a Thunder Bastard or not. I'm pretty sure we won't be. Just, yeah, uh, I was going to defer
0: to our resident Thunder bastards consultant on that one. Yeah,
1: We're still in the cup, I'm happy. And to tell you the truth, it was just nice to see us take it seriously when we've mm. not taken it as seriously as we should in recent years. Also... Sunday to Friday, once again, less turnaround, shorter turnaround than other teams are getting. It's like they're trying to correct (laughs) the fact that we're not in Europe by giving us the shortest window possible for games at the moment. (laughs) It's probably because there were something like four London teams playing at home this weekend, and so the police didn't want any of those matches at the same time, which I get, London's a scary place. But we got through it, got a nice long rest until the Man United away game now as well, so... I'm a happy Spurs fan.
0: It's all good in the end, isn't it, Dave? I will concede that it probably wasn't quite as spectacular as Patrick Bamford's Hammers Rodriguez impression, but not a bad goal. And would you count it as a thunder bastard? I don't think so. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't even class Bamford's as a thunder bastard. I feel no. like I feel
2: like I feel like the thunder bastard is you. You know it when you see it. Um, but um, it is that. It is that. It's it's almost you know. I don't know. It, just, it felt more controlled and more skillful, if, if if that's the right word. It's what we said about um, Romero's. Than the Thunder Bastard should be. Thunder Bastard should be almost like it, it's. Thunder Bastard is. Obviously, the obvious, the, the obvious one is is, is Boa's volley against yeah. Wimbledon. Wanyama's against Liverpool that is for me. When he lost his like it was almost like he was just angry at the ball. Yeah. Second one I would, I would I would always cite is Rooney's against Newcastle. You know when he just whinges at the ref or just has a go at someone gets fouled okay. or something, and you can tell he's yeah. pissed off and he just runs forward and just just absolutely nails it on the volley and he just it's in before anybody's moved. Um, yeah, one of those goals that just like it just feels like an angry goal. Um, that yes, would be a, that would be a thunder it. bastard. This uh, had a bit too much these finesse. Were, these, were, these, were, these were far too much finesse. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. F- I feel for Poro. You know, He goes into the book of unlucky players who've done some really good stuff this weekend, but has just been completely <laughs> overshadowed by Bambo's absolute <laughs> monster. Case in point, Ethan Ampadu, who was captain for the first time yesterday, hasn't scored in English football, and got two goals and the assist for Bamford's goal, but no one's talking <laughs> about it. His first time as captain for Leeds, because Bamford did that. Uh, But no, Poro's goal was great. And that was the one highlight that I saw in the highlights package for the game that you had. Yeah, the
0: highlights pretty much were just that goal. There wasn't a huge amount. I I, I specifically sought them out, and that was it. That was the highlight, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it it wasn't exactly a classic, but sometimes it's nice when a uh, a game like that is saved by that kind of goal. It was eerily similar, actually to a goal from many, many years ago from another right-back, Stephen Carr, against Man United which I'm sure Eddie will remember well which uh, oh, I love goals against Man identical. United yeah, yeah exactly I, I, I urge you to look it up Dave it was almost identical except curiously I watched the car one and I see that one as slightly more Thunderbastard-esque because it does seem a little bit angrier just a touch think that's the, the key that is the key ingredient to Thunderbastardism he struck that ball like and he it. hated Man United and that's what made yeah. it a Thunderbastard I think that's, that's the difference between two very similar goals also
1: at that point Stephen Carr up and coming but at that point Stephen Carr had never given us reason to believe he could hit a ball particularly that's hard. That's the other count. thing about Thunder
0: Bastards is normally from the player you don't expect like Wanyama for example. Tony Oboa by that measure it, he only scores them <laughs> no, so that's, nice. he does. Anyway, that, that's enough for the Thunder Bastard component. A couple of other interesting things from that game: The lineup on ITV was um, to get Elio's Tim Foil hat back out. Rather Arsenal heavy to put it lightly. We had Laura Woods presenting, we had Ian Wright and Elio pointed this out at the time. We had Ian Wright on the show, we had Karen Carney. Of Course, was an Arsenal player. And then, as if that wasn't enough, Lee Dixon was on co commentary. So that was funny for a Spurs game, seeing um, four Arsenal players in the lineup. Lee Dixon is rubbish, isn't he?
2: I would rather listen to him uh, in silence. I'd sacrifice sure- the crowd. Yeah. So that I didn't have to listen to Lee Dixon. I'm sure Joey Barton doesn't mind him, though.
1: You'd be more enjoyable watching an empty microwave five minutes than listening to Lee Dixon.
0: (laughs) That's probably all there is to say about the Burnley game, really. A couple of sub-appearances. We saw the re-emergence of that player I keep forgetting plays for us, Ryan Sessegnon. We saw Dane Scarlett come on for a cameo. Um, Anything to add on? I thought
1: Dane Scarlett had a really good
0: cameo. Do you think there's a future for him? Do you think we could see more of him this season and not just in the last five minutes? I mean...
1: If we don't see more of him this season, then it's a year of his career wasted now because yeah. he's been registered to play for us. He's been registered to play for another club. We can't loan him out again, so it's Spurs or bust for him this season. Yeah. So, let's hope he's good enough to get some minutes. We won't need to register him because of his age, so he won't prevent people getting in the twenty-five man squad. So, put him in. Fingers crossed for yeah. Dane just as we sign a world-renowned 28-year-old in his prime <laughs>
0: German international striker. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. He sounds all right, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know if it was the last German striker we signed, but there was a lad called Jürgen Klinsmann who did all right for us once upon a time as well. Did anyone particularly stand out for you of the starters or of the guys who played most of the game? Was there anyone who you thought had a um, good game or was it all a bit kind of 11
1: averages? Is it all a bit like... 11 averages, he didn't really have anything yeah. to do. Defense weren't overly tested. Ben Davies continues to look every bit the love child of Barresia Maldini. Um,
0: <laughs> That's just a it's just the stat, as we've come to expect it now of him, you know. It's 8 out of 10 every
1: exactly. week. Exactly. We, we can't keep praising him now because now this is just how we expect Ben Davies to play. Uh, Kulisewski had a few nice moments just dragging the ball from one side of the pitch to yeah. the other. I do like him in the middle. Not that he played particularly well, but it's nice to see a glimpse of what he can offer. Benson Coen improved as the game went on, which is nice to see, but hopefully by Manchester United, we've got a fully fit and last-the-match yeah. player. But tell you the truth, I'm going to go the other way. And rather than say who I thought was particularly good, because yeah. like you say, not really anyone, I'll say who is getting way too much flack. And that is one young Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson.
2: Yeah.
1: Chill the f*** out, Spurs mm. fans. Brendan Johnson has just signed. He's having to step up a level. He's only 22 years old. He's obviously raw, but he's also obviously talented, mm. and he's doing a lot of good. And bar a few horrible finishes throughout the season, he can have a few more assists than he already has to his name, which is what five or six in the league already and a goal. So, yeah, give him time to adapt, learn a bloody lesson. Son scored three goals in his first yeah. season for us, Wanted same to leave. age, and this was someone who was far higher celebrated overall. So, yeah. Mm. Brennan Johnson, he's doing all right. He's going to get better. Get back in your chair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's the price tag. I think that's what it is. I think because we paid a fair chunk of money for him, people are immediately expecting a finished product. But he's doing fine. That's
2: what it costs. You're signing a
1: homegrown, young, talented, amazing first touch, as you pointed out the other night a few times. Premier League player he's got real potential they complain when we don't spend enough money they complain (laughs) when we spend too much money what's the right amount of money to pay Spurs it's almost like it's
0: almost like a small segment of our fans just like complaining I agree with you I agree with you I think he he wasn't excellent and he hasn't been excellent in every game but he's certainly showing the signs and I think it is one of those things isn't it just become fashionable to, to have a pop at Brennan Johnson at the moment but let's hope he can silence a few critics soon um, my only other notes from that game I loved in the press conference where a journalist asked Ange do you ever picture yourself lifting trophies and he's like I don't need to I've got real pictures mate <laughs> just Brilliant. Dave, I know you don't go into the depths and the dark web of Spurs' YouTube videos, but do you ever watch any Ange interviews or press conferences? You, I saw You've caught wind of a few of them, yeah? Yeah, I He's saw good that. I thought, I thought that was... Good chat.
2: It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it only comes up because he reacts the way that he did, which, which I think is the right way to react to me. I still don't think there's anything wrong yeah. with it. But I wonder if people are going to start Calling out journalists and their inane questions a little bit more. Uh, people are getting a bit more savvy to it. Or oh, maybe that's just maybe that's just yeah. a Postecoglou thing. But yeah, I, I, I mentioned it on the group actually. I think you know only one um, cautionary tale, which is you know Klopp used to be kind of like jokily, you know correcting yeah. people like that a few years ago, and now he's an
0: insufferable bully. So let's hope let's hope Postecoglou doesn't go down the same route let's yeah let's hope that he can distance himself as far as possible from anything to do with Jürgen i do think Kopp.
1: he's beginning to get a little frustrated i mean we saw his response when they continually questioned him on eric Dyer and his absence and but i like he that basically said, don't question my integrity i like seeing Absolutely, a little he bit should of stand backbone. From himself and whatever dickhead it was probably matt law or some <laughs> utter penis of a human being like that once again get back in your box what have you achieved in life
0: few illiterate words in an outdated it's newspaper such Go fuck a cheap shot at the journalist that you don't even know said the question it I may not it. be matt law but i it, love may it have yeah. been. Uh, I, I agree though but i do i do like it i do like it and you know it's not the first time i mean when our friend max schrader showed up at the press conference with his cane shirts and said oh it looks nice no uh, you know and got a little bit he got his back up a bit then as well. He, he made a joke out of it, but you know he, he's not afraid to put journalists in their place, but I think he does it in a respectful way. He's not like Mourinho or Klopp, just being a baby and you know making the whole situation awkward just because he can't handle it. He, he just knows where the line is, I think, and it's good. Um, I'd like you guys to cast your minds back to the Bournemouth game because it feels like a long time ago. How long ago was it now? 10 days? More? but we managed to get a win. 3-1 it was in the end at home. It was New Year's Eve, so... Was nine days. days ago. Nine days ago, as we record. 3-1 win at home with we 3-0 up. A team that gave us a lot of trouble last time, we talked about it going into it, and I think a little bit like ahead of the Newcastle game, we were fearing the worst because they're an informed team, we had a lot of injuries, they had a striker in form. I was very pleasantly surprised. What did you think of the performance against Bournemouth, Elio?
1: Um, I think, like many others, it was... Really, really good in patches, particularly to, to the end when we finally did put them to the sword. But I think we we're really, really awful in patches as yeah. well. And Bournemouth really did slice the hell out of us a few times. And um, Solanke, if he'd played the way he had in previous games this season, or if he had the kind of chances he got in previous games, would have punished us. No, I... I I think the Bournemouth game was very similar to the West Ham game, to the Villa game. Yeah. A, well, actually, let's say so the Villa game, we just got unlucky in that one in Matty Cash's c- <laughs> But the Bournemouth game was another match where we started well and then tailed away, very similar to the Everton game, to tell you the truth. Thankfully, towards the end in that final sort of 25 minutes, half an hour, they ran out of puff a bit. We pulled our socks up and we did finish them off. But yeah. For me, after seeing what we did to Newcastle with the same scoreline or a similar scoreline, after seeing what we did to them, I I I would have wanted that. I would have wanted something closer to that. If I'm perfectly honest,
0: (laughs) there you hear it. Elio's not content with just three goals; he wants four (laughs) or more. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. We're not aiming for fifth, mate. That game, I would say, it's probably not a stretch to say. We would have really struggled were it not for the efforts of two players in particular for me. I think Destiny Udogi and Giolo Soso were the clear two standouts in that game. What do you think? Yeah, I'd say yeah. so.
1: And I think that was a yet another one to say from uh, young Mr. Guglielmo yes. as well.
0: So Yeah, he has he has a few of those. What are your thoughts on La at the moment? Because he's a really interesting player to look at because it's hard to say, if we had everyone fit right now, what our first-choice team would be. I think there is an argument on form. Obviously, Madison was exceptional before his injury, but for argument's sake, let's say everyone's fit. Let's say he comes back and he can pick up where he left off. Do you see a future for Lo Celso, this season even? Do you think that if we do get all the players back and we start rotating... How important could he be for us, do you think?
1: Oh, very. I mean, I think any game he doesn't start, he's going to come off the bench if he's fit and in the squad. I think he's shown that he can play the football post we want to play. Uh, I think he's well-rounded enough. I think he's been an absolute, I don't want to say revelation because he's showing us all the stuff that we
0: always expected of him. He's finally living up to his YouTube compilations. He's
1: finally living up to the player that's absolutely bossed La Liga for a year when Mm. he was on loan from PSG and the player that Argentina, when he's fit, build their midfield around and Messi insists on having the side that's what he's finally living up to so I'm really really happy to see that we've got yet another strong option and now my mind is just torn between that nice ish problem to have of we've got a really good player here but we're going to have other really good players come back he's got 18 months left on his deal he's second half of his 20s now big big comes in either now in the summer and I don't mean astronomical I mean big do we say? Yeah.
2: And I know, could 40 as well.
1: million. That's what we got Madison for. So 40 million comes in. Do we sell him or are we trying to tie him down to a new contract? You tell me. How
2: much did you pay for him?
1: A lot about the same amount as that overall something
2: around sort of late 30s early 40s the only worry that i'd have for you guys was that if somebody bid 20 i think your board might be interested but i i agree i think i think it's a it's a great problem to have isn't it you know if he can perform better than you anticipated in performing and then everybody's back fit and then you've got suddenly you've got a squad and you've got someone you something you don't have to think about in the summer because you know you've already got a, a position you know double covered
0: yeah three nice goals there a goal for your boy Alex Scott Dave that you proposed as our sensible transfer once upon a time you weren't the only one and you seem to have reversed your podcast kiss of death because you mentioned a player and he had a good moment scoring against his boyhood club so there you go certainly seems that way yeah but I still want Bournemouth to fail
2: so I'm not going to say too much yeah. more about Alex Scott because I don't want him I don't want to you know reverse Glenn him and make him an absolute <laughs> legend so let's well, just pause there
0: Speaking of clubs that you want to fail, our next opponents are Man United, who are currently playing in the FA Cup. Can you give us an update on how they're getting on?
2: Uh, they're winning 1-0. Oh
0: dear. Well, After move 36 on from that, minutes
2: right? against, against Wigan. All right.
0: I'll move right on from that. We can start talking about Man United winning and we can talk about them losing next week against Spurs at Old Trafford. So Old Trafford is one of those grounds that historically we have absolutely hated, but I'd suggest there's never been a better time to go and play Man United at the moment they've not been on the best of form they had that turnaround against Aston Villa that surprised a few people after being 2-0 down but other than that their results have been pretty woeful since uh, losing 3-0 to Bournemouth back on the 9th of December they followed up by losing to Bayern fair enough probably a Harry Kane goal I imagine they drew nil nil in that snooze fest with Liverpool they lost 2-0 to West Ham then there was the Villa game and then they've gone and lost 2-1 to Nottingham Forest as well so certainly not on the best of form, I guess the real question, Elio, I want to hear what you think is, how do you expect us to line up against Man United? Slash, how would you like to see us line up? Of course, some of this is dependent on where the players are available, where the players have been signed. But what are your thoughts heading into that game? What are my thoughts heading into this game?
1: Goalkeeper, Obvious, yeah. Udogi,
0: Van der Ven. Obvious, especially if Davies is injured. Yeah. And van der Ven should be fit. He was on the bench against Burnley. So we expect he'll yeah. be ready. horror obvious. The other centre-back,
1: if we've signed Dragushin, then I imagine he'll get straight yeah. in. If we haven't because Bayern Munich have gone in and signed him, <laughs> then let's not be too surprised to see
0: Emerson as van der Ven's centre-back partner. So that's the defence. So into the midfield this is where it gets a little bit more complicated. I imagine you want to see Kurz somewhere. And Kurf, the
1: obvious number six. Yep. Benton could be the obvious number six. Anyone else would be ridiculous. What we do in front of that is curious. So Skip came in for Sar. Yeah. I imagine, for his legs and energy. I don't think Madison's going to be back no. yet from anything I've read. Sar and Basuma are obviously at the African Cup of Nations. Hoibier is very clearly not going to be used as starter by Postacoglu. And whether we think he's better or worse than Skip or not, that's absolutely fine. I think... He'll either go with skip again mm-hmm. with the Celso again, or the signing of Timo Werner might free us up to be able to have Kulusevski yeah. and the Celso in front of Benton Court, which we've obviously seen before. Yeah, We saw Kulusevski and the Celso before, I think it was Aston Villa where we started the game with those two and, was, was it Villa? Uh, yeah, I think it was Villa, those two in front of Pissou at the time, mm. and they were absolutely brilliant, but obviously the game didn't go our way, and I don't think we've seen it since. So, those two together in front of Benton Coeur is what I would do also because if it's a success and there's no reason I think why it shouldn't be then that lays the groundwork for my dream of the Bentoncourt Madison and it Kluseski does. midfield yeah. one day as well but one step at a time that's what I'd like to see We'll see if it's that or skip in for of Yeah. Up front it'll be Werner on the left, assuming he signed, Johnson on the right, and Richardson yeah. in the middle. The only way that won't happen is if Werner hasn't signed, Kulisevsky is needed up front and will have the same material. So
0: yeah, I I I kind of part of me expects to see skip in the midfield rather than having Lasalso and and Kudelski, even if Werner is there, just because I feel like there's a bit of a precedent for that. But I, I agree with you; I would like to see it. it. Sounds a little bit more adventurous. Dave, talk to me about Man United. <laughs> yeah, they're garbage. Um, they. Um, I'm,
2: I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the league table. Only two clubs have scored less goals than Man United this season so far, and that's Burnley who have scored two less goals with 20, and Sheffield United, who have scored 15. They are not on a good run of form, the yeah, the Villa win was hilarious because you know a yeah. lot of people were started saying right that's it we're back yeah. we've got they the passion we're on. in this is it yeah Ten Hag's at the wheel Woo. Uh, <laughs> and then it all falls apart again because they're an absolutely toxic club with horrible fans and horrible players uh, so um, so yeah I mean I mean they're winning today so that probably means that Ten Hag will be the manager when you play them but I'm very hopeful <laughs> that Ten Hag will not be the manager. A couple of days after you've finished with them because i really hope that you give them an absolute pasting because they are there for the taking i know you said this isn't a happy hunting ground but this is
0: it's hunting season at old trafford and you guys need to go for it elio you and i have been to old traffords a couple of times and it's always been a sad ending but are you confident of a win this time around as confident as one can be when supporting Um. spurs I mean,
1: Man United are just one of those clubs that whatever happens with us, they always find a way to have their way.
0: Remember the one time Cristiano Ronaldo remembered how to play
1: football? We're we're a better team than them in every single position on the pitch. We've got a much better manager than them. We play much better football. We're far more cohesive. So we're probably
0: going to get (laughs) 5-0. That's someone who knows what it's like to support Spurs. 5-0
2: would would be them scoring roughly 25% of the goals that they've scored so far this (laughs) season in one game. Exactly, Dave, exactly. That's why I need a bit more optimism like that. You've scored almost twice as many goals as they have this season.
1: I see a team in Manchester United who, whatever, he comes out and says whatever players might post on their stupid little Instagrams and tactics or whatever. (laughs) I see a team in Manchester United that have not got confidence in their manager anymore. Mm. I don't think they're playing for him and I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, We know what happens when that sets in. It might take one game, it might take three, it might take ten, but Ten Hag's cards are up. I don't think he's finishing this season as Manchester United manager unless something mm. completely unbelievable happens and I don't think it will. And I think it would be a travesty if... Dr. Tottenham came along in a few days and gave him a temporary lease of life because, like, f- is that a sinking ship, Jim Radcliffe or not.
0: Elio, please tell me that you didn't say toctic on purpose and that's actually what you think that social media site is called.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm going to leave, leave it the to mystery uh, your imagination again. as to whether that was deliberate or accidental. <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's, a the- bold, it's a bold toctic,
0: I'll say that. Oh, very good, very good, <laughs> very Dave. Nice. Oh, we are on form today. Um, a couple of other stories in the world of football. None other than Mr. Gabby Agbonlahor has this to say about Richarlison recently. He can't control the ball. He's not strong enough to hold the ball up. He's not good with link-up play. He can't run in because he's not quick enough. He can't finish. Honestly, he'd be playing in League Two if he wasn't Brazilian. I don't rate him one bit. Over to you, Elio. Gabriel Agbonlahor. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel Bonnevore said those words about Aura Charleston. The floor is yours. I mean,
1: I don't know what it is (laughs) about these Aston Villa boys (laughs) that gives them such a chip on their shoulder at Spurs when they've had one season better than us in the last, what, 30 years? And been relegated in that time, what, once or twice? No, it was once, but they were down for a couple of seasons. Stan Collymore used to do it as well. I remember Stan Collymore used to rave about how those London Yobb Spurs just outspend Villa, and that's why we got fourth and they didn't in 2010 or whatever it was, yeah. despite the fact that Aston Villa's team was about three times as expensive as ours, because bloody Martin O'Neill had gone and spent 20 million on Nigel Rio Coca and many <laughs> other transfers like that, bless him. So, the. Bonnehall's doing the same thing, except he's a complete fucking moron. (laughs) I mean, I just... I'm looking
0: up Gabriel Agbon stats now.
1: I don't know if this is going to turn out to be the case, but...
0: No, le- let me stop you. I've got it here, Elio, because former guest of the Plus Day podcast, Harry Scarf, was kind enough to uh, make this exact comparison earlier on Twitter. He said, Richarlison's career, You're 108 right? goals in 357, including 48 games as Brazil's number nine. Agbon Lahore's career, 80 goals in 367, including three games for England. Awful pundit as well, he adds, oh. which is uh, a nice Thank touch. you, Harry well Scarf. Well done, Harry. I mean, well the thing is...
1: What You know, I'm upset at myself for even getting wound up and having <laughs> a rant about a
0: Law, because who does he work for? Talksport, I imagine. I can't imagine anyone else would hire him apart yeah, from talk sport. wherever it, Keys and Grey have ended up. Place. Exactly. Yeah. They have one job on that
1: station, and it's to say yeah. deliberately... Incorrect things to make poor suckers like me nibble, and I just did that. Thank you. You set me up for a big nibble. I did. I I was just thinking, you know, how
0: (laughs) players used to say about the likes of Georgie Best and Gaza that you know they needed a rest, give them the ball, and then run around with it for ten minutes so they could take a breather. I do that with you sometimes. I just set you up for a rant. I I know the the triggers that are going to set you off. A story you'll probably be happy to hear. This was brilliant. I, I don't know if you if you saw this, but way down in the ninth tier of English football at Skelmersdale United who are currently being managed by a 44-year-old Pascal Chimbonda, <laughs> who recently was awarded a touchline ban for God knows what, has responded by essentially registering himself as a player to circumvent the rule so he can just get on the pitch instead, which is absolutely fantastic. And they've tweeted the details of this along with the hashtag skembonda <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. That that made my entire week. Well done, Pascal Chimbonda. We, we wish you all the best in that endeavour. The only other thing I wanted to shine a light on, which probably falls into the former category Elio, something that you could easily rant about. So you can pick this up and run with it if you want. Thoughts on Arsenal formally complaining to the FA because Saka got kicked a few times? <laughs> I mean,
1: that club is just one big meme, isn't it? They're, they're the biggest bottlers in the Premier League. They have the manager that talks the most shit in the Premier League. And that's a Premier League that includes Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> and they have a complete skewed sense of reality. The thing mm. is, Klopp has his moans and then gets his way for the next 30 games afterwards because yeah. he's Jürgen Klopp, Champions League winning, Premier League winning, world-class manager respected by all and sundry Except and you. managing the biggest club in the country. Yeah. Arteta has his rant and everyone just laughs. laughs. They just laugh because he's stupid and he has a Lego haircut And he manages a club that are harboring... Well, I'm not going to finish that sentences, but we've all heard the (laughs) rumours.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to THFCK on Twitter who went to the effort of actually prorating the number of fouls received by Premier League players this season so far because I think the claim was Saka was only third on the list when worked out on a per 90 basis. Saka is actually way down in 27th on that particular list. Uh, and who's number one? Giola Salso. So uh, have some of that. Where's our complaint, eh? None of it. Anyway. Well, our manager isn't
1: a, a perma-victim
0: exactly anyway those were just some of the little uh, weird and wonderful moments and stories in football that have caught my attention this week guys if there's anything that you would like to add that we might have missed then feel free to to tag it on to the end before we let our lovely listeners go Dave anything on your mind well only to double down and say that you know I will rarely ever say this but because of who you're playing next come on Spurs (laughs) come on you Spurs Elio you've had plenty of words today due to the absence of socks but I will give you a handful more how's Dave still pretending he doesn't support us? (laughs) But
1: also just to cap it off, Everyone were, well, I mean, by the time this is released, hopefully we've actually signed the bastards. Yep. But it has since been said by Florian Pletty, what's his face from Germany, the guy that was close to the hurricane transfer to Bayern Munich all summer, yep. that we are still the front runners and the likely club to sign dragushin even if Bayern are currently in for him. And given that this guy spent all summer. Telling us against all of what I certainly wanted to believe, that Harry Kane was by bound and he was the one peddling out the rumor yeah. from the beginning until it became the reality. I trust him, the close to Bayern journalist, more than some no mark, no one's ever heard of on what used to be called Twitter. And I will not rise to the click. I've already done that once with Agonla Hall. <laughs>
0: At least once, Elio, at least once. I feel like David Beckham on the documentary poking his head through the door. Be honest, Elio. How many meltdowns did you really have? <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, that is more than enough for this week. Thank you for patiently waiting this slightly delayed episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back, of course, to talk about that Man United game. Well, back-to-back Manchester games. The next game isn't until the 27th of January when we play Man City at home in the FA Cup. So join us for our thoughts on the Man United game and all other things Spurs. Hopefully, some more confirmed um, transfer news as well and we look forward to having you back on the show and to having socks back on the show fingers crossed so i uh, hope we have as many of you as possible then stay classy spurs fans and we will see you next week